Good evening, and welcome to Screen Tone Club. This is your fortnightly look at manga, episode 58, recording on the 9th of August, 2020, for release on, I guess, the 25th of August, 2020. This is why you shouldn't get ahead of yourself and start buffering episodes, because you get so confused, um, as more than usual, as it turns out. Uh, my name is Elliot Page, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit hot recently, even for here, the wilds of Scotland. And so um, I'm currently sweating myself stupid. Um, thankfully, though, I don't have any physical mug to sweat onto or else that would be a rather dicey proposition. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. Like having heard people sweltering in like 30 plus degree temperatures, like I feel like we're, we're pretty, uh, we, we have it pretty easy up here in the uh, in Scotland because yeah, like a, a hot day is usually like mid 20s at the very worst. And it's not even been, uh, not even been quite that high, at least here in Glasgow. So it's been, been pretty pleasant overall. Yeah, I'm waiting for, I mean, hopefully the BBC is not lying to me because we're scheduled to have a two day thunderstorm. And I could do, I could go with that right now. Like I love a good <laughs> thunderstorm. Um, the complete polar opposite to a lot of manga heroines, as it turns out. <laughs> One less charm point I have. Anyway, <laughs> if you like what we're doing, um, maybe not the banter, um, you can support us on Patreon. Please consider doing so. It helps um, keep us online. It keeps us honest. It means you don't have to run advertising. Um, and it also means it can help defer the cost of all the manga we keep reading for this podcast. Um, you can also get a shout out from us, like Mr. Rob Jessup, who very kindly um, supports us at the city tier of $12 a month. But if you just want our bonus episodes, which we release monthly, you can support us from a mere $1 a month. And that way we, you know, you get the bonus episodes, both the ongoing ones and what previous. Also, if you're on the $3 and up tier, you get to vote on what we cover in the bonus episodes. Um, we've got some good, as mentioned before, we've got some good stuff um, in the voting bucket. Nothing has quite roared ahead of the rest, but um, looking like we've got to have some interesting stuff to talk about talking about that um our next um, part of the episode is returning champions where we look at series we've discussed previously on the podcast if we've kept up with them on our own time um i'm going to throw the ball directly at you andy because i am deadly curious to know about you catching up on chainsaw man please read chainsaw man um yeah yeah so i i have uh having been told multiple times by yourself to read chainsaw man and to be fair having wanted to read more of it and it's just it's one of those things that it just kept like slipping through the cracks in terms of uh, catching up with my backlog uh yeah the other weekend i finally kind of got through and, and burnt through it to uh to get up to date um and kind of read like the latest chapter this morning so that i was absolutely bang up to date at the time of recording this um and yeah like i mean i'm not i'm not sure like there are mortal words that that are kind of available to really describe the experience of watching of, of reading chainsaw man at this point in time because i mean it's there are so many things about this series that either are directly dumb or should be dumb and should be things that I don't like, but man is it like a compelling page turner in spite of all of that stuff like and, and it's in its worst excesses, it's kind of like Elfin Lead and Evangelion had some kind of terrible love child, and like that's not anything that anybody should ever say or think about anything. But Andy, no, you're making me think about it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but like somehow, in spite of all of that, and like in spite of there being very kind of like edgy entire chapters of like, well, now we're in hell and everyone's limbs are flying off. It still has these kind of incredible high points that kind of really punctuate everything that that series does incredibly well like i mean it's every time i'm i'm sort of at a point where i'm just rolling my eyes and like man may, maybe this has finally jumped the shark and kind of gone too far it suddenly <laughs> that's also a direct reference <laughs> <laughs> which yes is also like something it literally does uh but in a more figurative sense like it was sometimes you know i feel like chainsaw man is about to jump the shark and then it somehow manages to like pull together something really powerful and kind of rein itself in, in in a way that's really kind of impressive and yeah it's like it's it's a roller coaster ride like it kind of it, it pulls in so many of the the dumbest kind of shonen tropes of just like you know characters who incessantly die and then undie you know all of that kind of stuff and it somehow makes all of that work and I don't know, apparently the whole thing is now just like about nuclear armaments. So sure. Okay, fine. That's, that's good too, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's turned into a, it's taken a weird, 
like I kind of realized it when I was rereading it for like the eighth time um, the other day is that it's taken a weird turn into like Hideo Kojima disarmament slash um, deterrent um, theory, which is terrifying in a weird way of like, you know, it's so bizarre because you can write a bullet point list of this manga. And this is, again, one of the reasons I love it so dearly and demand everyone read it is that it's a manga where the main character is a goddamn moron um, and he is but at the same time like he is doing the best with his life which does objectively suck nuts and even his antagonists are kind of feeling bad for him it's also the series that has like a gonad kicking competition as the cathartic end point of an arc and it's also the also it's it's also a series where like you mentioned that some characters just die and come back to life because that's what they can do but at the same time like characters just straight up die and people say no they're dead they're gone like fuck that they're gone like that's it like this is it like death is part of this world and people use it to their ends to get ahead and perhaps even you could argue some things are worse than death that happen and you know even in the middle of completely stupid fights with changing allegiances characters are like telling each other important truths or things that help them get through the day. And Denji being the titular chainsaw man and a complete doof is kind of the ultimate like blank slate for all of it. Um, especially because like it does the whole Shonen power up stuff. But the main thing is that all the power exists within him, but he's too stupid or kind of fine with what he has to know how to better use it. I mean, hell, there's an entire power up um, chapter where characters are basically saying to him, hey, you could use your chainsaws in more exciting ways. And then it cuts to the last page and he's found the most stupid way possible to do it in a way that makes no one happy, but it's effective. So who cares? Um, that is also in regards to jumping the shark um, in particular. And so, yeah, it's all reasons I love this thing and find it so endlessly fascinating is like it. It's very, very frighteningly real at times where it's like, Ha ha, it's the funny chainsaw man. Oh fuck, I feel really garbage reading this because I really cared about these moronic characters. And I'm just glad that you also came to enjoy it, Andy. <laughs> so Yeah, well I, I think that's kind of the, the fascinating the fascinating thing about Dingy as a as a character, because like especially sort of early on and I, I think, you know, when we initially sort of covered this series, we sort of touched on it a bit that like, you know, he he is a complete idiot and it's sort of there was always this kind of like worry in the back of my mind that like I'm not sure that I'm ever going to kind of completely warm up to him because he's such an idiot but like the way the story plays with that character and that archetype is so incredibly smart to be honest because like you know there's there are entire sort of story arcs I mean there's, there's a story arc that kind of again almost plays with like the traditional shonen trope of like well the fight between us is over maybe now we can be friends and we can be buddies and it like it kind of it it toys around the edges of that and it's just like nope you idiot like the person that wants to kill you still wants to kill you you should probably just like cut that out right now and just like leave them to it um which is kind of really fun and it, and it also like manages to be surprisingly heartfelt and and touching in places like there's a fantastic kind of effectively a break between story arcs where you have kind of like dingy power and is it Aki who's kind of like overseeing yes, them it's Aki. And, and yeah like they just build up this incredible kind of like sort of just temporary family unit in this way that is really actually surprisingly powerful where they're all kind of a mess like post events that have happened either directly to themselves and to people around them and they just kind of come together as this kind of coping unit of just like okay we're all just gonna basically hold on to one another for dear lives until we kind of get through the direct aftermath of this thing and kind of work through some of the issues that we have and it's sort of I mean, again, to, to keep going on thick with like the Evangelion. I was about to say that as well. Don't worry. <laughs> it, it's kind of it's kind of a lot like the kind of Misato Shinji Asuka kind of like family unit that builds up in Evangelion, except that never actually really succeeds in kind of tempering anybody's angst. Whereas this one actually somehow, despite two of the three people involved being complete and utter morons, just kind of works as this perfect family unit where they all have their place and their role to play in kind of making the other two feel better about things. And it just, it's its this really weird kind of minimalist little story as well. Like, it doesn't even sort of say or do much or have any kind of big picture stuff going on. It's like basically just them hanging out and doing a few things. But, like, it's really, 
it really touched me in a way that was very strange, especially for a chapter that has so much vomit in it. It's just like, but still, this is like really actually quite sweet and charming. No, it really is. It's especially given more recent events in the manga, it really, it also like tees you up very directly for being kicked in the mouth. Um, the, the series, like you say, it has like, I think in the Evangelion section, there was never really quite enough downtime for, you know, the actual home unit to come into the, its own, which is a shame because it's the sort of thing you see peaks of, but there's just not enough Evangelion to really get to it. Whereas in Chainsaw Man, you have chapters where it's like, we're inside this shitty apartment that is nominally Aki's, but he's now got these two idiots he's living with, including one who has like her idiot cat. And when you first meet her, she refuses to flush after she takes a poop. So, you know, things are super buggered then. Um, but it is the fact that like, even like Power, who... I think is a great character, but no one should ever, ever aspire or find cool. Um, even though she is fun to watch, like even she gets tempered mostly through going through, well, actual literal hell, um, that you do get this unit coming together and the three of them, you know, it kind of harkens back to another character who basically says like, you know, if you start to feel yourself becoming sane, you stop being a demon hunter because you're never going to survive and the people you love will vanish. And it's this sort of thing of like, oh no, the series is totally making good on that. It's not just saying like shit will go wrong, but things do go wrong. I mean, hell, you have a demon who literally like yells about the future being awesome and how he loves to see shit getting stupid, which is also extremely accurate. And yeah, the most recent arc ended in such a fucking gut punch of a way that I, I mean, the next chapter comes out tomorrow because it's delayed by delayed on Shonen Jump, but I god i have no idea what they're gonna do next like what how do you even yeah i, I love the yeah. series i <clears throat> yeah well and, and i think that's actually that is the true power with with every pun intended of the series is you literally don't ever know what's going to happen next with it like there's again kind of haven't talked about the sort of you know the, the shonen tropes that it toys with you know there are so many stories for, for better or for worse where you kind of you you know at least the vague direction it's going in. You can kind of map out of like, okay, well this is probably going to happen, and then this will happen to this character. And it's often like you often read a story just to see the specifics of how something happens, but you know the broad strokes of what is going to happen. Whereas Chainsaw Man, it's just like everything is up in the air. Anything is possible at any given moment in time. And you really have no idea when you fire up a new chapter of what you're going to get. And, and that's even like true. And I mean, again, having talked about kind of like that, that whole touching chapter with, with power, like next thing you know, she's just like having a road traffic accident, which is one of the funniest things that I've read in manga. And I, I'm, I'm cracking up just thinking about it. Like it manages to have those pivots from like, you know, quite deep and touching to just utterly ludicrous and hilarious, like just on the, just on, on the, the, the turn of a sixpence. And, and it manages to do that over and over again. Um, and, and even, and I, I think that lets it get away with a lot of its excesses. Cause like it has some of the kind of, uh, there are moments in this series that, that could easily be some like, some kind of like goth teenagers like OC fan fiction of just like you know character that only says Halloween but actually there's a whole load of stuff going on there which is kind of like it's incredibly dumb but it's also incredibly awesome and there are so many little moments like that also that particular character and their deal is utterly terrifying like (laughs) I'm not even kidding like when you find out that character's deal all you can really do is sort of lean back from the and also that that chapter is such a goddamn visual masterpiece as is a lot of stuff around that sort of period and a lot of what happens in this manga but you kind of can do nothing more than sort of lean back and go fucking what (laughs) like are you kidding me like you're doing this and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said out loud, sat on my bed reading that chapter of just like, you're what now? It's a valid, it's a valid thing. I mean, as you say, like, I think as you say, like the most powerful thing I can say about Chainsaw Man is I don't know what the, what the hell is happening. And I could only guess, and I don't think I'm going to be right where like, maybe you can see a direction of travel, but even with recent events, it's a case of, oh, okay this is where we're going now because you know i mean even you know bless it but dragon ball z you'd be like okay they're waiting for goku to get back they're waiting for this they're waiting for this they're doing this you know we're doing this to get to this point whereas chainsaw man it's like a fight just finished but 
as of right now, I have no idea what any of the pages in the next chapter is going to look like because God knows. Like, I mean, like I say, the, the cast went to goddamn hell. Like, they went to actual literal hell, um, and they somehow got got back. And it still doesn't make any fucking sense. And I love it. I love. I I transcended this series from haha chainsaw man, please read chainsaw man to no, I freaking love this series. It's legit one of my favorite things going right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is absolutely great. Yeah, and it's also a series like there, there are numerous points where I've thought, like, are we getting towards like the end game here? Because it feels like the stakes are so high and things are so dire and you know so desperate. It's like surely this this has got to be like it. Like the, whatever happens at the end of this is going to be either close to or the actual ending. But then there's always something else that somehow like crops up. So again, like even in terms of like you know as often discussing ongoing series and being like, yeah, well, I think we're getting close to the end game now it's like i don't even want to predict whether we're like 10 percent into this series or 98 percent into this series because i really have no clue yeah no idea um but i'm more than happy to continue reading it so that's the important thing i guess um yeah the 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 single thing that is most worth your like you know one pound whatever the hell a week for shonen jump or is it a month i can't tell anymore it's, it's, it's a month yeah, yeah. like it's, it's that cheap for, for for that kind of entertainment a merest pittance um so yeah it's, it's wild um also on the shonen jump bent is something else i've been catching up on because i kind of remembered um is kaguya-sama love love is war um it turns out that this is four pound a volume on Ang- on amazon kindle so i've been burning through it like a silly bugger and i've now reached up to volume 15 which is where it currently is published up to because like once you've got the characters down and you've kind of gotten through the initial premise it's really easy to binge this thing because it's just continually funny because once it's mapped out its web of the different student council idiots it really goes to the races and it reaches a weird point around volume 12 where it grows a real serious plot and actual timeline um while still being very stupid and there's even a point where the author apologizes for all the serious business like drama and says don't worry we're getting back to stupid crap and then it has one chapter of stupid crap which then immediately segues back into serious things (laughs) so whoops didn't last long um but yeah i'm really loving this series i love the cast like i've gone from sort of snickering at them to kind of like cheering them on um and generally sort of enjoying their plight and everything it even has like an interesting like arc for the like first year dower emo bangs dude i forget his name um but yeah it's really sorry yeah sorry yeah i've also forgotten his name there yeah you know headphones dude he looks like a persona 3 protagonist um he does um but yeah it's really good fun as i say it's extremely bingeable at four pounds of volume and it's been really fun just to kind of gallop along and more often than not like the worst it will do is make you crack a, crack a smile but at its best like the series has me just like guffawing my stupid head off um, yeah, so, yeah i mean yeah. I, i've i've only been keeping up like by the the anime adaptation and like that uh, that is also like a, a series that is, is surprisingly good at being kind of heartfelt as well. Like, I mean, that's the second season of Kaguya Sam, like that, that episode around headphones dude, who shall forever remain nameless on this podcast from now on, I guess. Uh, like, you know, that, that legit moved me to tears. Like, it's a really good, solid, like, well done arc. There's a, also a really great story about kind of Kaguya breaking her phone that is kind of like a, a very sort of ephemeral, like, yeah, what happens with all these memories I have stored on this device if this device breaks and you know it does some really surprisingly good stuff with that as well as being incredibly funny yeah i plus in the manga that first chapter where the phone is broken is the end of a volume and i was just like oh fuck off and i immediately bought the next one because of course i had to see how that ended but yeah as someone who has had their phone basically like format its own storage on holiday and lose like an entire summer's worth of memories um yeah totally i mean i still have the memories in my head but i could do with the photos thank you fuck you phone um yeah i mean i mean if if there aren't tech companies like kind of uh, queuing up to to get Kadia as as like the the front for their cloud backup service then they're they're missing a trick yeah but yeah i'm really enjoying as i say i I kind of blinked and before i knew it, i was on volume 15 and now there is a legitimate plot line and sort of timeline and you know there even is a chapter where um kagia basically says no one loses if you confess to someone and then there's a little cut out box that says explicitly refuting the central point of the manga like because it's just like up fourth (laughs) wall goodbye um but then of course it walks that back because things happen so yeah it's it's really good fun um especially as i say once the extended cast of long-suffering characters start to flesh out it really gets fun so great fun of that series and as i say like four pound a volume very easy to just slap that buy button until you go oh there's no more left shit (laughs) oh no i'm caught up (laughs) 
Uh. Also, the benefit of being an adult with disposable income. Um, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's great fun. Um, it just gets more absurd and honestly more heartfelt because even, you know, as I say, the cast become more real people and, you know, you start to see more backing behind their intense, crazy neuroses, which is also then becomes the main stumbling block to them doing anything about it, as you may expect. So that works. Like when it wants to, it really want, it really gets you in the emotion. Okay. Um, anything else to say about that, Andy, or are you good? And um, No, I think I'm good. Cool. Do you mind if I go first? No, go for it. Cool. Okay, so moving on to the main part of our show, what we've read for this episode. Um, so I picked something kind of hot off the presses when I demanded we read it um, because I had bought it literally two days before and laughed my stupid butt off. So you can tell it's going to be a positive review. Um, but my pick was um, the new manga by Kaiten Books, a new publisher. Uh, my dad's the queen of all VTubers! Exclamation mark, question mark. Um, the author is Akashihino um, Wataru. It's not currently complete. It's only got one volume out, both in English and in Japan. You can buy it digitally at the moment. I think physical versions are coming soon. Um, it's slowly rolling out to different digital stores as Kaiten kind of get their process up and running. Um, and so um, as the first page sort of tells you with a very little helpful little text box, a VTuber, an online entertainment, entertainer, typically represented by a 2D or 3D digital avatar. So quick background and very short thesis on this. VTubers are all over YouTube, as you can probably guess. They're probably being retweeted by your crazy anime Twitter friends. Basically, it's a 3D or 2D model using like a motion tracking um, camera or using mo- you know motion sensitivity um, and mapping that onto a digital avatar. You may remember this from FaceRig years back when you could make yourself like a stupid cat and then Live2D came along, which was an open platform. Well, it's a closed platform, but an open format for making 2D animated girl um, faces, which you might see in some of your favorite mobile phone games. Like I'm pretty sure that Love Live, the new Love Live has it and um, a lot of different companies brand or use Live2D because it's a known library for taking anime girl jpegs and turning him into a character who moves just about okay even though the mouth tends to move around their face quite a lot and it looks creepy um i find this whole thing fascinating um unsurprisingly you'll most likely find them on either twitch or youtube playing video games because narrating along to video games is easy fun and engaging both for the character and for the game and my personal sort of fascination with this, I kind of see this as like the newest iteration of what was originally just like Miku, like Hatsune Miku and Vocaloids. And then you may remember from back from the mists of 2014, Andy, we watched an episode of Mina Diva, which was that live streamed anime show, which was basically two girls with motion capture rigs on dancing around in front of a green screen. And then that was directly mapping on a 3D CG character onto them. And it was a complete nightmare to subtitle and it constantly had technical problems. And it basically was like the ultimate skunk works version of what is now something you can quite easily do with a half decent webcam, some half decent processing power and a PC. Um, and just making sure you don't do anything stupid, like put your hand behind your back. Whereas when we watched Mina Diva, you could see the studio and it was like 20 people. Well, it was like six, 12 people to make that show run. So it kind of shows how this has changed. And, you know, this kind of, I, from my mind, it first came to the fore with Kizuna Ai, who was like the virtual YouTuber idol, who was like a super AI, according to our own storyline. And then people got pissed off because the, the running company basically tried to franchise it out. And so kind of ruined the entire reason why people liked a singular character with a personality. Um, and so now you have things like Hololive, which friends of the podcast have admitted to me sheepishly that they totally just binge on those videos with the same regularity they used to do other sort of video streams. And Anyway, this is my long run up to say that I'm totally fascinated with VTubers, even though I do not really have a personal favourite, but I find the whole thing intensely fascinating. And it's a really crazy sort of just look into this world. And in the manga form, it's a good comedy. Because, as you can tell from this, the um, synopsis, the sort of title, um, this is about the main character, Takahashi. Uh, no, Takashi, sorry. I don't think he has a surname yet. And he's in love with the VTuber um, Kizuke Yai, which you can kind of see where that's coming from, quite obviously. But on panel four of page one, he walks into his dad's room to say, hey, dad, time for dinner. And whoops, it turns out that Kizuke Yai is his dad. Um, he's rather buff dad with a little bit of chin stubble, kind of looking a bit like Tiger from Tiger and Bunny. Um, big beefy dude big shoulders and he's got uh, like a motion capture rig on and he is dancing around um and throwing his arms onto the air and singing and dancing and being a vtuber 
So, oops. Uh, it turns out that his dad quit his job a while ago because he fucking hated it. Um, and he's now full-time VTubing. And in his own words, um, my panty shots have been putting food on our table for months. So, oops. Um, the This is quite an interesting premise on its own, but I think the main source of this series comes in the second element. With, whereas you could imagine the main character is wanting to run away from this real fast. But he runs into his mum's room to go, hey, mum, my dad's a weirdo. Oh, shit. And his mum is also wanting to be a VTuber, but she sucks. Um, she's really bad she doesn't know how to really do it she's very coarse um, everyone thinks she's a dude behind the virtual avatar which is of course like the irony in that she's super hot got big tits and if she turned off the whole visual filtering of the vtuber software she'd probably have fans a la twitch streamers but she loves vtubers and so it must be a virtual her that appears not herself um, who is very misato like you know eating bar snacks drinking beer um, burping and so main character decides to try and find a way to help his mum get lots of subscribers that way she'll knock it off and then she he can work on trying to get his dad to knock it off before he breaks down and has a heart attack because he has been a big fan of his dad and oh shit it's my dad who is this anime girl and so it goes from there um of course he gets roped into being like a companion to kizuke in a live stream he finds out his friends are big fan of big fans of kizuke and it has a bunch of short side stories and such kind of cobbled together and um as you can tell i really love this series it's got a lot of really good physical comedy um the main characters oops sorry uh, most notably there's a really good page gag where the main character's eyeballs pop fully out of his skull and in the next pane you see him like slapping his eyeballs back into his skull um which made me crack up um it's yeah it's got a lot of really good funny comedy the dad it the dad is a massive source of all comedy because he's as i say big buff dude dancing around um he seems to exist only in a black vinnie caravella um t-shirt and at the same time, there's something weirdly wholesome about it because it's never really fully judgy because his dad had a shitty job and he hated being an office worker and now he's been kind of set free. And, you know, he has a happy family life. He loves his wife. He loves his kid. But it's all gone through this rather strange lens of being a virtualized internet celebrity um, who flashes his virtual panties at people. Um, and so, yeah, and... You know, it's really like up to date and kind of like frighteningly bleeding edge. Like I worry sometimes that some of the localization is a bit too on the edge. Um, but yeah, it's really funny where even the main character says at some point, like, why the hell is this happening? How is this happening? This sucks. Both my parents are terminally online. And so this is why I'm in this situation, um, which, yeah, is dangerous. And so, yeah, I've gone on for far too long. Sorry, Andy. But yeah, as you can tell, massive fan of this. Found it absolutely hilarious start to finish. Um, kind of, It's kind of shown to me that it already has like a lot of stuff it can work on and other sort of ideas. So I'm not worried about the gag getting old. If anything, I'm slightly worried about the, the shine going off of the whole VTuber idea before the manga ends. Um, who knows how long these things last. But yeah, find it absolutely fascinating and hilarious and a really good laugh. Um, so yeah, Andy, what did you think about this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I... I... I enjoyed it. Um, I, it's definitely like my my concern. Like before this even kind of came up on on the podcast, and I started seeing people tweeting about it, etc. Was like, eh, surely that premise isn't going to last for more than like a a chapter or two before it runs out of road. But actually, yeah, it, it has plenty to to work with to kind of keep things fresh and to to find new twists on on uh, on a pretty similar premise like it never strays too far from kind of the the base baseline idea that's right there in the series title but it, it has enough to, to be getting on with um so to kind of keep it fun and I, I think the thing that kind of that makes this series sort of endearing from the get-go is that there are lots of good comedy manga that start out, you know, relatively quiet, relatively sedate, and then slowly kind of ramp things up over time. I mean, like Kaguya-sama we were just talking about, like it starts off on one level and it kind of escalates wildly as you go through like volume after volume uh, and it finds ever more kind of outlandish and and big things to do with its premise. Whereas this series, like... It doesn't have to crank it up to 11 because it starts out at 11 and then it just keeps on kind of cranking the dial from there. And like by the end of this volume, you're kind of at, at 25 or so at least. And I think there's, there's a, there's a sheer energy to that that kind of really helps to carry it. Like it doesn't, 
it doesn't feel the need to 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 start off kind of quiet and then get stronger like it just it, it hits you with its kind of like some of its biggest moments and kind of best gags right at the start and then just kind of ups its ante from there and i i think that really that sort of pacing and energy just really kind of helps it to to keep on going and keep on trucking because it just gets you in the right frame of mind and then just it just kind of carries starts as it means to go on and then just carries on from that point forward yeah, totally. I mean, I think, yeah, I think the main thing this series does is it, it's learned not to keep its powder dry. Like it doesn't try and tiptoe around the whole thing about, oh no, my dad's a VTuber or even keeping the main character in the dark. It's just like, bam, page four, like page one. Here is your dad like prancing around in front of a uh, picture screen, a uh, TV screen. And so it just goes. And like I say, like I think, as I say, the secret source for this, for me at least, is the like unmentioned second half of the like storyline is, oh, my mum also wants to be a VTuber, but she sucks at it. And so it gives you this sort of counterplay. And of course, unsurprisingly, the mum hates Kizuki Yai not knowing it's her own husband um, because she's like, ah, oh, fuck off. It's probably some old dude. Meanwhile, everyone calls her an old dude because she like scratches her belly when she's on stream. Um, oops. And so, yeah, it really, yeah. it really kind of completes the circle of like, oops, <laughs> VTubing is stupid. And like, you know, there's always an unwritten rule between some, with some characters that don't go being an idiot and going, oh, are you a boy or a girl in the fucking like chat? Um, unless they want to talk about it because, you know, you're here for the character, not for the human underneath. So, you know, and I've got, but while of course admitting that the character is brought to life by the actor and they are one and the same, which is also where Kizuna Eye went weird. So like, let, let, let the pantomime continue. Um, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if, if there, there is kind of my one counterpoint to that is I would like to see the series flesh out some of its characters a bit more beyond the whole VTuber thing. I mean, in particular, like, um, like Takeshi's love interest, who, you know, is also like a big Kizuna Yai fan and like blah, blah, blah. Like that's kind of like her, her only thing. That's pretty much all we get to see of her is just her like talking about VTubers. Like I'd really like to see that character get fleshed out a bit of like, you know, why is Takeshi interested in her? Like, there, there's got to be a bit more to her character than that. And and I think that's kind of true of a, a lot of the, the supporting cast in particular. Like, I mean, what, one of my favourite little bits from this first volume is getting to see a, a, a bit of, of Takeshi's mum just, like, doing her normal day job, which, as it turns out, is, like, t- taking karate lessons, which totally made sense and just, like, filled in a big blank for that that character and that personality. And then likewise, there's another really nice little flashback bit later on that's just like uh, her and, and, uh, and, and the, the dad, like before they were, were dating when like, you know, Takeshi's dad was at college and like, you know, she was, she was still like a, a high school or whatever. And there's just like a really nice little moment just kind of showing like what their relationship was like at, at the get go before they were even actually together. And like, I, I really liked those little moments to, to build up a bit more kind of rapport and a little bit more around those characters. And I kind of hope that, moving forward it does at least some of that with the rest of the cast because i feel like it does add a little bit a little bit of flavor and a little bit more power to those characters when you get to see them beyond just the the scenario that they've been dumped into yeah i i definitely agree and i i, I really enjoy their parents like rapport and their like little snippets you get with them because it's usually utterly adorable if also stupid um which really helps um it's like a cute little like oring monogatari almost <laughs> sneak snuck in um but yeah as you say i so far everything is directly related to vtubers or vtubing fans or etc and so it all kind of makes a very small world whereas some like at least for my money one of the interesting things about vtubers is that they're basically on one station one place and they have one vector which is videos and then there are other things around them like there's fandom obviously but that is their primary output and it's kind of easily circumscribed and kind of easily limited where you know you sit down you watch a video you close the video tab you put your phone in your pocket and you walk on with your day and that's kind of one of the nice things about this whole like phenomenon is you can fit it into your life in a very discreet kind of way whereas you know in this manga vtubing is everything thing vtubing is life it's almost an industry unto itself and which makes it a bit strange although of course play for comedic effect so as you say like having the main character takeshi and his friends like doing more and just hanging out would be really fun just to kind of put a bit more flesh onto the bones of the world 
and also like almost like show the normalcy he wants to protect before his dad ruined it uh, because he walked in on him play you know doing his act yeah yeah and i mean that's that's the nice thing that this volume does at least seem like it's willing to kind of go and do like you know flashbacks and and to to kind of drop back deeper into time to see some of that stuff so i I certainly hope it manages to continue to squeeze some of that in because yeah this is the sort of this is the kind of trap that that a lot of series you know especially kind of like sports series tend to fall into where you've got something like yeah Chaiapuli or Saki when no matter what else is going on it's just like everybody is just always hyper focused on insert sport here and it's kind of like that but with VTubers of just like everyone's just doesn't talk about anything other than VTubers and it's like even even the people I know on Twitter who are really into that they have other stuff that they talk about as well like it's not quite that all-encompassing yeah I mean some some people of that kind you worry about them because they're into multiple expensive hobbies <laughs> so it's like oh shit also vtubing has come along obviously during a time of pandemic so you can't really fucking go to an event in japan to go see idols can you like so it's a case of well i mean i can watch you can watch streams of previous um, lives and also you can get into this whole new theme of like virtual idling oh god what why yeah. why can't i escape this hellhole so. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do feel like I've certainly. I feel like I've seen things take off a bit more in terms of people sharing stuff on on my streams from uh, like since the the kind of the, the whole pandemic thing. Because yeah, I guess it is a far more accessible kind of variant of some of the things that you know people like from idols, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's probably uh, probably been to to their their benefit in in a weird kind of way. Plus, you know, there is something fun about watching like a weird high pitched anime girl playing Fallout New Vegas and doing it kind of badly. <laughs> <laughs> yes that there is that yeah um I, the, the, the one other thing i i guess that i i would mention which is more of a kind of like uh localization thing is there's there's a pretty interesting like afterward from like the the, the translator for the series totally um that kind of talks about you know th- their own kind of having to to dig deep into sort of the culture and some of the the weird little kind of uh, uh proclivities and things people like post in the, the chat and like trying to figure out what they mean that's all really interesting I wish that had been beefed out into proper translation notes, though. Like, I feel like having read that thing of like, oh, yeah, there's all this stuff that I had to kind of research and look up. I would really have liked to have seen a more direct kind of fruits of those research of just like a, 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 the, the usual line by line. Hey, here are all the weird little things and kind of like what what they mean in a more specific way, because it sort of felt like there's maybe a missing layer there, given given what that kind of afterwards says about like the research required that, that maybe maybe it would have been nice to have that laid out a little bit more kind of explicitly in the back of the book yeah i can totally buy that i mean i think the the little note at the start is nice just as a quick little get you up to speed but that's only one element and as you say like like i i kind of got everything in this manga but that's also because i am far too online for my own good and listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of twitter and i should probably just log off and not do this anymore but it meant that i enjoyed this manga and got every word of it even if like i say like some parts of it seem almost fated to date real fast because they're extremely sort of very close um as it were but yeah i also enjoyed that little note from the translator also the translator's name is on the cover which is nice they more more series should do that um I think it's nice to give the translators a shout out because hell they're having to like, lo- like translate and localize a whole work so you know yeah give those people a shout yeah. out yeah for, for sure and I, and I would say like I think all of a, a lot of that stuff a lot of that kind of more into the weeds references you really it's not like you have to know that stuff like I mean I, I I suspect there's probably a whole bunch of things that I kind of either didn't get or just kind of glossed over and didn't even really think about like there's the core story is there and will work as long as you have even the vaguest like understanding of what VTubers are, which, I mean, I, I suspect the target market for this are all kind of well aware of, of at least the high level of like, yeah, this is what a VTuber is, this is what they do. And, and that's really all you need. There's not any kind of massive barrier to entry of like, oh yeah, th- this it, it's not packed with in-jokes or kind of, you know, deeply referential humour or anything that is there is very much just kind of like in the periphery that, hey, if 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 you get it, if you get the, the the in gag, then you'll probably like get an extra kind of chuckle out of it. But you're not you're not going to be left kind of like reading an entire chapter and being like, I didn't get any of those jokes. Yeah, I mean, most of the like in jokes and the little references. I like remind me of Penny Pony Dash like chalkboard jokes where they'd be in there for mm. half a cut and you'd see this chalkboard joke that was referencing a giant robot theme from 1983 or something. But 
if you don't get that you just look at your eye skims over it on the page and you think wow this is wacky and you don't need to worry about it it's not like you know a five page lead up for a joke goes dead because it hinged on something really obscure i mean you know the whole i mean also like although it does poke fun at vtubers um in particular it does take the whole thing in good nature and as i say it kind of shows it's being a positive force in that it lifted the dad out of his shitty job and you know it kind of it it, it does gets a bit over over much at times but it is very positive and very sort of like all this is very silly but if we take it in good faith then this is all a fun adventure we're all on and isn't new media fascinating which my yeah. basic response to that is yes and that's why i'm fascinated by it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it, it never like it never gets too bogged down in kind of trying to make its premise work. I mean, there's there's literally a line where his wife's like, "Yeah, I know, my husband like soundproofed the house six months ago. I have no idea why, but oh well." And it just like you know, it's quite happy to just shrug off things that are kind of inconven- an inconvenience to the potential. Like, well, actually, this would never happen in real life because it's like, hey, guess what? This is not <laughs> this is not a documentary. It really doesn't matter. And I, and I think again that kind of helps it because it, it doesn't really give you holes to pick in the narrative because it makes it very clear from the get-go. It's like, yeah, of course this is outlandish and dumb. Like, please don't think about it too hard. We've covered the bare minimum of why this setup works and anything beyond that, just fill it in with your own imagination. It's fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have a look at this dude with stubble dancing around and like making weird chicken arm motions because that's funny. So, yeah. But yeah, I really, I greatly enjoyed this. I'm glad you did as well. I, I, as I say, I think this is like at the exact right time for it to come out. Um, and so kudos to Kaiten for picking it up and kind of turning it around <laughs> while it's still relevant. Because you can imagine this coming out like two months too late, and everyone's like, "What? Who cares? Like, why would anyone bother with that anymore?" Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think like even the whole kind of kiss and eye joke kind of feels dated now because it's like oh yeah remember her and it's like that was like three months ago you know and it's like that that is the speed at which kind of these things can can fade out of the 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 popular conscience so yeah like who knows maybe even six maybe even if we get to like our end of year podcast we'll mention this and be like wow remember vtubers because that's like how fast these things move these days well it's even even as someone who wants to try and keep abreast of it like even that is still accelerating like the kids and eye stuff has like you can read a timeline about stuff that happened and you you read it and you go wait it took two whole weeks for all this to collapse like the main sort of crux and fulcrum of all this going wrong was really fast like even for internet time um and mostly because the people producing it handled it so fucking badly um and like even hololive which is like a big stable like it's like a 765 it's like a 567 pro of uh, a namco pro of like virtual idols and even they have said full out oh we're doing seasons and we're graduating idols in time so these characters will go away in time and it's like this is this is so nuts like this is accelerated so far beyond you know the initial inklings of someone using live 2d or you know a fucking face rig off of a steam sale to make themselves look like a chimp and play um player unknowns battlegrounds like everything's gone yeah. so fast and of course I mean, it's if- only gotten madder with the pandemic and everyone being stuck inside yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 VTubers are getting seasons now, does that does that mean they're going to start getting battle passes next? Is that was that where we're going with this? Oh yeah, you have to you have to guess that there's going to be like a um a Twitch bits style thing where you have to donate or subscribe um or help moderate chat in order to get battle pass levels. And I should stop talking now before this becomes real. If it's not already, yeah. I'm probably like wishing it into existence right now. Yeah, I, I totally feel we're, we're gonna we're gonna get a message on this. Like, well, did you not know this is already a thing? Yeah. So yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah, I'm sure by the time I've edited this, like, I'll be it'll be too late. So anyway, yeah. It, so yeah, I really enjoyed this manga. It was really funny. Um, yeah, really liked it. Cool. Um, so this is where your pick comes in, Andy. Um, as a quick programming note, um, because Shaman King was delayed shortly after our previous episode was recorded, we've had to change topic. So Andy, why don't you introduce our new surprise topic for yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is what happens when you try to be like right on the the bleeding edge of what's coming out. When somebody says like, "Yeah, all all of this, all of these masses of volumes will be released on this day," and you're like that seems 
improbable, but sure, like their marketing people must know what the deal is, and then and then just days later, it's like, oh no, that's been delayed till the end of the year. Uh, so yeah, so Shaman King is off the menu, and so uh, as, as quite the pivot, um, I have instead picked a New Game Volume One as uh, my choice for uh, for this show, uh, which is a series that I I really enjoyed the anime adaptation of. That was kind of my introduction to it. Um, it got a, a very, very solid, very entertaining and amusing anime adaptation. And I've kind of been meaning to go back and actually like start reading the source material. And so uh, things being as they were, that seemed like the, the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, and so New Game is the the story of uh, Alba Suzukaze, who is uh, a new hire at a video game uh, publisher, developer rather, um, so it's her first day on the job, or doing any job at all indeed, and so she kind of turns up with that usual kind of bundle of nerves and, uh, and kind of starts out on the, uh, the road of, of being a, a, an artist and character designer basically for a, a video game studio. Um, and, uh, so it's, this is kind of a really interesting sort of, slice of it's a four panel slice of life series um and it's very kind of you know idealized etc etc but also like it manages to balance that really well with having kind of a sense of feeling like a very real sort of working life kind of manga at the same time like it does a really good job of 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 nailing certainly kind of like your first day at a new job or at kind of any job really um it kind of it, it has a really good it has a really good grasp of of what that's like um and also kind of just kind of more broadly what it's like to just start out in the working world that that horrific moment when you realize that like a decade plus of education has given you zero preparation for actually doing an actual proper job um because it's just so like completely different and it's just a massive culture shock um and it manages to 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 do all of that really well while still being kind of fun and pretty blight and fluffy and like you know all of the characters are are kind of likable and friendly etc etc um and uh i don't know I, it's just it's a it's a, a nice kind of light and easy read in in that sense that is also the kind of thing that like anybody who's held down a full-time job can kind of sit and nod along at at the same time as as just kind of enjoying that um and it was actually interesting to see in the the afterward of this volume because i've like having watched the anime adaptation my assumption was that the the author had probably worked in like video game development at some point and it turns out that they had for a few years and clearly they sort of uh you know pulled in plenty of, of their own kind of like personal lived experiences and kind of melded it into this sort of you know cute girls working for a video game development company sort of scenario at the same time and and i think that's kind of what helps it really work is that it just has that that blend of those two elements and kind of manages to pull them both off without ever feeling feeling too trite but also not getting too deep into the weeds because because god knows if there was like a team of all-female video game developers you know this volume would have been full of them getting death threats so like thank god they didn't go go down that route um so yeah like much like the anime adaptation i just ended up really enjoying this like there's not there's not anything kind of too much to it um but you know it's nicely illustrated like all the characters designs that are really good and strong and uh kind of you know come through well it gets a bit fan servicey in places um but kind of manages to make that into enough of a running joke that you can kind of just like shrug and be like ah sure whatever this is a bit weird but okay um and so yeah i just kind of broadly enjoyed it really i, I don't know how you came down on it elliot um I mean, I enjoyed it, but I kind of came down it in a slightly different way. Like I've, I've watched about three or four episodes of the anime and yeah, it's fully enjoyable. It's very cute. It kind of takes a lot of what is happening on these, on the manga page and puts it on the big screen and makes it move obviously and makes the colors more vibrant, but that's kind of it. Like it's a pretty straight adaptation, at least in my mind from what I watched. But I must admit, like, I feel like the fan service quotient is high in this series, but it's just missing um us as we're not really the target market i mean when this was first announced like as being released manga wise i was like oh they've listed it as yuri weird and then you realize that there is no there are no male characters on like on the page ever um all the all the characters as you mentioned are girls and it is basically like just like 
kind of throbbing almost or thrumming with like yuri energy as it were because all the characters look like dolls um they all they're all kind of frighteningly young for what they're doing i mean admittedly albert is fresh out of high school and so he's like 18 and is starting a job rather than going into vocational college or comp sci um which and then you know in her first day she gets given like a handbook about maya and is told to right go through tutorials which was terrifying as someone who does like 3d modeling in his spare time and i felt garbage when i'm like oh fuck she's made more than i ever have oh wait it's a full-time job in channel week to make a single person thank fuck um having spent like multiple hours a day to try and make a spaceship look bad um but yeah and it's as i say it's really kind of drenched in this sort of like charmed yuri wonderland where even when characters being dressed down or being exposed to what are the vulgarities and the like the harshness of working life like working overnight it always makes it come to the good and it kind of always bounces into a positive place like even the whole like sleepover at work thing involves like multiple jokes about wearing a bare sleeping bag and cute pajamas and oh isn't it quite nice to take off your pants at work after hours when no one's watching isn't it liberating and there's like a really strong sci hero vibe or even like um you know the two female teachers in as a manga vibe between the two older um senpai what's their name the directors um i wrote it down and i've forgotten ko and something else oh and ko and ren, ko and ren. yeah, yeah they are totally like like i feel like they were like I, I feel like almost they've come they've almost come from like a yuri dojin somewhere um just the, the energy between them is so strong um and yeah and never shout anything else like sully this girl's wonderland like at one point alba is trying to figure out what to do with her face paycheck and she buys a cake for her parents which is very adorable but you never see the parents because they should never exist this is a this is our yuri wonderland and i know i'm going on this a lot but it did kind of color my viewing of the work and like made me feel kind of suspect to the whole thing like you get the afterword with the little hedgehog author saying like basically that he synthesized all the pain and horror of his own like work in the games industry and like basically polished it through this pleasant lens to bring you a much more healthy um like um, view of working life and it still has like as you say like some rough moments where alba's trying to get used to working life but as i say the whole thing is just costed within this very sort of charmed existence that it's hard to see any real sort of trauma there um and it's kind of nice like the characters all have a nice rapport they're funny characters you know they're kind of cute one of them's a massive like prop nut who has loads of figures and does motion and so like at one point she's like waving a lightsaber around to help animate a sword slashing animation which is cool and yeah that's what i'd probably do if i had like to animate characters um so yeah it's it's cute and like but it, I must admit, maybe it's just the manga or the very flat four-panel nature of it. Where, as you say, it's a four-panel manga, but there aren't. It isn't strictly one gaga strip sort of thing, and there are no like titles at the top of the strips. So it took me a little second to get that, but it kind of it kind of came down as being this extremely saccharine. And as I say, like you know, I like Yuri titles, but this was a bit too like like just charmed and away with the fairies for my liking um so maybe i'll go i mean it was fine i enjoyed it but i didn't enjoy it as much as i hoped i would if that makes sense from having watched the anime yeah i mean i i do feel like this is uh i forget what what title it was we, we talked about a podcast or so ago that, oh it was um uh tom and chan is, is a girl that kind of like sometimes feels like it doesn't need to be a full panel series but it just it almost becomes constrained by that. Like, I feel like this also had those vibes at times. Like, there there are little points at the start of chapters sometimes where it breaks out of, of that occasionally. Or, or, like you say, there are also points where it, it sort of, you know, it, it pulls... It pulls something across multiple strips and, and kind of maybe sort of, you know, at least bends that format a little bit. But there are certainly times where it's like, this didn't really need to be a full panel comedy manga. Like, it would probably have actually worked better had it had a bit more freedom with its paneling than that. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it, it could have done with having a bit more confidence to, to go outside of the, the confines of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that's, that's certainly fair. And, and this is, this is not really kind of like a, a sort of a laugh out loud kind of comedy thing. It's it's definitely one of those things of a kind of like a smile and nod of like, yep, that's a thing that can happen at, at work, sort of uh, sort of thing. Like especially working in a in a creative industry, you know, there, there are definitely some some things that kind of rang true, etc. From from that. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, it has those moments. I mean, I, I don't know, like, I feel like beyond kind of Cohen Rin's relationship, I, I feel like the, the Yuri angle is pretty 
mild at, at best like th- most of the other characters are just kind of like they're doing their thing like i mean much in the same way that they're uh, like Hidamari sketch has its kind of cyan hero and then everyone else is kind of really to the side of that like this kind of felt pretty similar in terms of them being the only sort of overt pair of characters that were were being kind of lined up to be a couple in any particular sense yeah i think for me it's more the fact that like i don't know like i mean i i've talked about this before where like you end up with these like, monogendered like series where it's you know it's more fun to draw cute girls um whereas i feel like i don't know it's just something about the new, the the tenor of new game or the way it pitched it just made it seem like this really weird, weird rarefied like paradise of girl of adorable girls um I don't know. There's something about it. I mean, I mean, hell, like Girls and Panzer does the same thing, although you'll see like some dudes exist. Even Love Live has like a dad somewhere maybe in it. Um, whereas in this series, it is very much a case of like, no, girls only. Fuck you. Like there's only cute girls. There's only these cute girls. Maybe it's just, I, I don't know. It's, maybe it's just something about it that rubbed me up the wrong way or made my, some weird flip in my head, my, my head flip. But I don't. Yeah. But at the same time, like you say, it's it's a fun read, like it's cute. Um, it even has some sort of weird dark moments where like the characters are basically having tea time at work, which bloody hell. Um, but one of them says, oh, what's going to happen if if we're doing badly? Are they going to cancel the game? Oh, don't worry. It won't come to that. And then like there's an asterisk, which is it often does. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> author, author talking from experience in the corner there. Um, so, yeah, it, yeah, do, it does yeah. it does get to that point of being interesting and as I say, like there's, I felt a kinship with Alba having tried to do 3D modeling in Blender. And like for every step forward in that I do, I find three more things that I cannot do for the life of me and end up screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like all of that stuff, you know, certainly felt like it, it sort of c- came from a, a, a realistic place in terms of sort of, you know, the actual the actual work element which is yeah like maybe not the the most important part of of the series in terms of what it's interested in but it it felt like it it had it had grounding to it and I I think that that does help that it didn't feel like it was a complete just kind of like pull out the air like I wanted to set this in a in a video game studio because it's cool or like it's it very much kind of felt like yeah this has at least come from a a somewhat studied place of someone who's been there and and done that and uh, it, it does it does add a certain something to it yeah i mean also like from having made a very small game and released it like game development is insane and it's a lot of work and you won't see a lot of that work because quite a lot of it gets tossed in the bin at some point and it's a wonder i mean to steal the words of someone smarter than i it's a wonder any video games get make made ever because holy cow they are difficult to make let alone make work well or good <laughs> so it's just like wow video games what the hell <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in, indeed. But yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, like, I, I don't know whether I, I'm currently kind of more jonesing to like go back and rewatch the anime rather than than necessarily kind of pick up more of the manga. But I think you know, I don't know if if you're if you're into the the premise and you're looking for something that's relatively cutesy and slice of lifey, but not going kind of full board and the kind of you know sort of Hidamari sketch style where where nothing that much really happens a lot of the time. Then you know, this is this is a pretty pretty solid choice than than that particular bar yeah i I definitely think it's interesting because it is in a more interesting sort of situation and like you say like alba like acclimatizing to a new workspace and meeting strange weird like colleagues um is good fun i must admit one thing about the localization of the manga that was kind of wild was how it like localized the different accents of the characters like the like three like friend the three like co-workers she's in the cube with all have different accents and like the weird white-haired one who dresses like a goth lolly has like this weird like you know sort of vulgar english vulgar english sort of accent and yeah, i was just and, and then at some point it's like oh so my references are being from kansai you know, like speak from the kansai area and i'm like oh so you made like kansai bear northern like what's going on yeah yeah that that was a really weird moment where like i, I was trying to kind of figure out why because it's sort of this this came into my head in a really strange way that it's just like why have i started imagining like yun's character as a cockney and then i started kind of reading a bit the lines a bit kind of closer it's like because that's what they are like they've basically been written as some kind of like east enders extra <laughs> like from the the queen vic for the entire series which like hey that's that's a choice and localizing dialects is 
hard, but that's maybe not the path I would have gone yeah, down. It makes it one. really weird. It makes her seem extremely rude at times, which I'm not sure if that is her character or I'm just reading it weird. But like when she's like calling someone a tosser, I'm like, that's really <laughs> strong for a I'm, workplace. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I. I don't know. Like, I, I've worked in some workplaces, but yeah, like for, for for the characters in question and for kind of the overall vibe of the series, yeah, seeing Yun calling somebody a tosser was that that was that was a moment for sure. Yeah, I think the the worst I would go is Git, and that's like, and that would only be in like a comedic form, whereas anything stronger than that, you'd write down and then delete and then rip up the paper because <laughs> you don't want to get fired. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's real wild. It makes her seem very strange. Um, but yeah, as I say, there are different um, accents to the characters, which sometimes come together. It's really, it's weird. Um, I'd like to talk to the localizer about that choice at some point. But yeah, I, I think along with yeah. you, I'm, I'm kind of more energized to rewatch the anime, frankly, because I remember really enjoying it. Um, so I, I kind of just like to, and also like it's a lot more free flowing rather than four panels. So I can totally go back to the anime, and I'd like to see the characters like game it up as it were also the 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 anime the first volume the first um series of the anime covers like a volume and a half and then the second um series of anime covers like four volumes so it really kind of picks things up and goes um after that first series um so that's kind of interesting yeah yeah i mean that's the kind of thing that almost makes me curious to to read the the manga just to see how much they kind of cut out to to make that make that work and make that happen because it kind of makes sense in terms of you know the, the the early going does does a lot of heavy lifting of like hey here's how all this stuff works here's how this industry works and and what these jobs entail but you've got to you've got to imagine that there's a, a lot of stuff hitting the cutting room floor for that second season so so that does at least make me, me curious to, to maybe dig in and read yeah more. i think the second series in particular like because it kind of has the characters starting on a whole new game like it's probably a lot more contiguous stuff to cover like almost like shirabako where like the start of that series is slowly filling you in on different bits and pieces and then the second half of it is like off to the races because it's already set you up and now it can just let itself f- fly free and say right you know all that stuff and now now we're gonna like go ham because we totally can now um yeah yeah, yeah for, for, for sure and, and, and i will just say i i will forever be enraged that they didn't call the second season of the anime new game plus it's like talk about missing an open girl yeah I mean, we talked about that on like the old anime podcast we used to do didn't we yeah. like we, we actually got in a conversation about that back then uh but yeah you're right like why the hell wouldn't you call it that what are you doing come on Ugh. so yeah that's an issue anything else andy uh, no, that's it. Oh, uh, one, one last thing. Sorry, because I've um, one thing. One other thing. Another reason why I kind of went onto this whole girls' wonderline thing is that um, the characters take up an awful lot of the page space. I mean, there are it is four panel with you know two four panel strips of page, and so when you have multiple characters talking to each other, it's like, oh, this is all girls, all girls, girls, girls um, taking up the panel, um, which is fine. But also, the art looks very nice. Like when I was halfway through this, because it's about a hundred and thirty-five page volume, um, Elliot Page Page Watch, I guess. Um, I was saying, oh, this is really well detailed. And I was reading it on my black and white tablet. And I thought, is this full color? And I'm like missing out on all the color. And I booted it up on another machine. I'm like, oh no, it's black and white. It just looks really expressive. And maybe it was originally drawn in color. Who knows? But it does, yeah, it does have a lot of that- depth and like texture to it in coloring or grading, I suppose. Yeah, it's strange as well because yeah, because there are some full color pages like right at the start, but then there's kind of a weird point in chapter one where like you have full color and then you have not full color, but it looks like it was, and then it kind of goes into its actual kind of normal art style. So I don't know what the deal is there, like whether it was originally meant to be color at some point, and then they said like no, you're not having that many color pages. Like who do you think you are, uh, your tosser? And then you know they just kind of went on from there. But um, but yeah, like it's it, it is it. Is, is a little bit weird in that first chapter because you kind of have like three art changes from like color to to, to black and white but more details to the, the normal so I, I don't know quite what the deal is yeah there. and it also is alongside the fact it goes from free flowing to four panel and it's like oh this is sticking around weird um yeah indeed. but yeah I, I was i was kind of struck at one point going i must be missing something because this looks really like well detailed in the coloring and then no it's it's not it's just it's just as it is and i was like oh okay shit <laughs> fool me then um, so yeah, as I say, I, I moaned a lot, but I did enjoy it. Um, so kind of, but as I say, I'll probably go back to the anime. Cool. So that's been our picks for this um, episode. So moving on to our picks for next episode, um, as we have a bit of a backlog going, I thought I'd be a bit adventurous and I've picked 
um, not a light novel, not a manga, an actual real deal book. Um, I've picked up because it's got a, it got a reprint recently, which made it available for less than stupid money. Um, so I have chosen um, the book uh, Manga Manga, the World of Japanese Comics, um, which originally was written in 1983 by Frederick Schott, um, and has been updated since um, with a little bit, a few extra words. So I'm reading through that now, and I want to talk about that because even though it's not a work of manga itself, it's a very interesting milestone in talking about manga. So I want to talk about it. Hooray. And Andy, what have you picked out? Uh, yeah, so I picked a series that I've, I've seen people kind of talking about now and then, and it's kept like popping up on my radar, and, and then I promptly forget about it. So to make sure I don't do that again, I've made it the subject for our next podcast, and that is Volume 1 of BL Metamorphosis. <laughs> also sounds like some kind of terrifying horror story. Which yeah yeah it's like it's it's not some kind of like uh, Franz Kafka like fan work or anything fan fiction it's fine um, oh but god so, yeah like I'm uh, <laughs> it, it has it has an interesting premise in its own right so I'm I'm very curious to uh, to read it a shitty low level government clerk works at wakes up one day to find out he has yaoi hands <laughs> oh no it's worse than being a cockroach shit oh god. Um, yeah, don't read the don't. Also, side note, don't read the metamorphosis when drunk. It's real bad, <laughs> short and bad. Yeah, that that seems that's like good advice. Yeah, yeah. Don't do what I did. Anyway, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, uh, if you want to catch up the rest of our episodes, you can find them on our website, screentone.club, alongside show notes. Um, if you like the podcast, please consider telling a friend. Um, word of mouth is still the best way for podcasts to grow, and we would greatly appreciate you saying nice things about us or just saying things about us, frankly. Uh, ratings and reviews on that note are very greatly appreciated onto your podcast feed thingy-ding of choice. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, at ScreenToneClub. You can also email us. Um, the address is show at screentone.club if you want to just reach out for whatever reason um you can also um we should by the time this comes out we should have our youtube channel live um once i press the big red button which says expose it to the internet um so we'll see if i um gather my courage and do that um finally um a personal plug uh, my name is elliot page and you can find me at elliot page on twitter um i've been reunited by my with my cat who i am posting lots of pictures about right now um when she's actually in the house she's become lord of the local like loch almost um little sod um she's already beaten up two of my neighbor's cats like don't do that holy shit i'm trying not to piss off these people um they already think i'm the weird southerner englishman anyway um andy how about you uh, yeah, you can uh, find out about my weird adventures in being a, a weird southern Englishman in Glasgow um, at Hannah's 1979. See, that just means that you can't understand them and they can't understand you, so it's all fine. Whereas I can understand people here, but they can't understand me, so whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, um, thank you everyone for listening and hope you join us again and good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.